Entering our second season of Blood Time, we want to thank not only our phenomenal and remarkable individuals that were our guests, but also the support, the incredible support that we have had throughout the community, not only locally, but nationally. What you can absolutely put to bed as guaranteed the second season of Blood Time are more remarkable individuals, more transformative stories, and more Blood Time moments. Please give a listen to the second season for we are all blood. Coach Cimarroni here. Love to all. I want to thank Serve Pro of Beachwood, our newest sponsor, and Jack Coslin, the owner. They serve all of Northeast Ohio, not just Beachwood. They specialize in disaster cleanup that leaves your home or office like new, like it never happened. Flood and water damage, fire, mold, and they say even blood and guts. Not just any Serve Pro. Seek out Serve Pro of Beachwood. That's Serve Pro Beachwood, Shaker Heights, Cleveland Heights.com, 216-464-4498. Operated by a former All-State wrestler from Beachwood, we love Serve Pro of Beachwood. Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni with Blood Time. We have a phenomenal episode coming up with a, an amazing uh, wrestler from the University of Michigan. Uh, this gentleman had a, an incredible match his senior year with an incredible athlete from Arizona State, uh, Dan St. John. We have in studio today via phone, Joe Pentelio. Joe, how are you, my man? Good, Pete. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I, I watched that... Uh, that uh, match on YouTube again, man. What what two warriors you guys were! Incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah, that was that was a great match. We, you know, Dan and I had faced each other uh, a couple times in, in college uh, prior to that match the year before in the quarterfinals. Yep. Um, and then in the uh, semifinals of Vegas um, that year, and then we wrestled twice in freestyle prior to that. So that Dan made improvements. You know. I, Beat him uh, up Vegas 11 to 1, and then 4 3 in the quarterfinals. And then uh, he got me probably when it counted the most in the finals of the NCAAs. Well, no matter what, you got something in history that's incredible. So, uh, and uh, second in the nation's not too bad, but I know that's not something that you want to, <laughs> you'd rather be a national well, champ, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you know, that, that was my second time in the finals, and I lost the year before to, to Ralph Cole. And, uh, so for me, you know, it's you know, it's been almost uh, what thirty years. Yeah. So, you know, um, I'll get over it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I'm telling you, man. I got a lot of buddies that took second in the state that, you know, and that's thirty, thirty-five, forty years ago, and they're still like, oh my god, I, I can't even yeah. think about it. So I get it, but it does push you to do other things that are great, and you're doing some great things. But you did some great things um, right after school. You. You ended up at Michigan State and transformed that program. Talk a little bit about the Michigan State transformation. Uh, after my years at Michigan, I had, you know, I had Mark Schmilla, Dale Bard, and Steve Frazier there, and Joe Wells was probably one of the best uh, in there as an assistant coach. But then I went for a year and a half out at the University of Iowa. Right. And I really, you know, Dan Gable is, he has a coaching tree that's, you know, unprecedented. But I also think Jimmy's a lesson and how he was supposed to, how he worked with the guys one-on-one. So when I came to Michigan State, was hired by Tom, um, you know, my philosophy was that of Jimmy's. 
I would go in the room and from, you know, seven in the morning until usually 10, 30, 11, I was working on one-on-one with the guy. There right. was a lot of work that needed to be done there. I think the year before in, in the 92 Nationals, Michigan State finished dead last. I think they had 60, they were in 64th place. And, you know, we had, we had good raw talent. You know, we also had Dave Dean in the room. Right. So as, as assistants and, you know, through hard work that the guys put in, the examples that Dave, Tom, and I set, you know, we, we were able to turn the program around. In a short three years, we went from 64th to third in the country. Jeez. And um, second in the Big Ten to Iowa, of course. But yeah, we, uh, we uh, made a nice turn. And then even the next year, you know, we had five All-Americans in 95, um, including national champ Calvin and Dan Wurnsberger in the finals. Uh, but the following year, we came back with five new All-Americans, guys like Brian Piccolo, who were, was a walk-on, Eric Harvey, um, you know, Brian Bolton, Joe Morissetti, one of the greatest stories. I, I love telling that story of, of perseverance for Joe. And then David Morgan. David was a transfer sure. from Morgan State. Yep. Sure behind Calvin. Yep. And, you know, he was a three-time All-American for us, three-time Big Ten. That's, that's incredible. Tell that transformative story. Joe Morissetti came from Florida, and he was there before I got there. He finished third in the Florida State. Yep. He lived a pretty rough life. Um, okay. You know, I want to say in his sophomore year in high school, he got shot. He was Jeez. You know, in the streets on a drive-by shooting and got shot. Yep. Um, you know, so he finished third in the States. And when I got there, he was a 167-pounder. Um, Joe, Joe was a big, powerful individual. Right. But... You know, big muscles tired quickly. Yes. And uh, he didn't understand how to wrestle through a whole match. And so, you know, he would have some wins and and uh, or be ahead in matches and then just kind of fall apart because of conditioning. Right. And it was more than just the the physical aspects of conditioning. It was more mental with him. So what we did is we worked really close, one-on-one, not just the physical part of that, the extra workouts there, but talking about the mental part of that. And the transformation that he made um, from understanding how to wrestle through a complete match. Yeah. Um, you know, we developed the physical, but the mental part of that, he broke through a lot of barriers uh, to be able to wrestle a full match. You know, that was a lot to do with Dave Dean and myself because we were really hands-on with him. And uh, so, you know, he ended up graduating and now he's a police officer down in uh, North Carolina and Wow. Has a wonderful family and does a great job. Well, that was his blood time moment. Th- yes. Thanks to, yeah. to to Coach Joe. I mean, honestly, you know, and, and that's what this this what that's why I did this podcast, Joe. The, the yeah. beauty of that is just incredible, right? Now, who he, you know, we don't even know who he has affected in a positive well, way, let alone his kids, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, from a life standpoint, and then you got guys that were in our room like. Uh, Dan Wernsberger, who's now the head coach at Bucknell and doing great things there. Sure. Dave Morgan, like I mentioned earlier, he, um, you know, he runs a youth program here in Michigan too. And so, you know, that legacy continues on. And that's probably one of the, as, you know, we had great success at Michigan State. Right. But what I feel most proud about is the legacy that we left and, and um, the, the thing that those guys have carried on in their new life or career. Well, that's what I, you know, I tell the to the young men I coach, you know, bad and good things do not happen in a vacuum. They expand, yeah. 
and that sometimes they'll come around and bite you, but always do good, always do great things and put those great philosophies into their their brains and their hearts and then and then spread it. And I think that's what you're what you're talking about at Michigan State and also maybe at Liberty too, correct? Yeah, you know, so Liberty was a interesting uh, after Michigan State I, I went to the high school uh, level. Right. Um, just because, you know, I wasn't making any money at Michigan State. <laughs> right. You gotta make some money, yeah. You can't do it for that love. Time. Yeah, at that time. Yep. So then I um I took a job in, in Michigan coaching high school at Gross Point. Um, you know, I ended up getting a job and opportunity as assistant coach at Liberty. Okay. And they had just restarted the program from Title Nine that was cut in the nineties and Jesse yeah. Castro. Yeah. And I just got along great. And Jesse, you know, he said, Look at the room is yours. Okay. So, you know, Jesse uh, handled all the important things that a head coach handles and he turned the technique and the practice schedule over to me. Um, and yep. so that's a, that's a real smart head coach. Believe me when I tell you, that's a real smart head coach to do that. <laughs> well, you know, Jesse, he had a lot of faith and confidence in me sure, and uh, helped me grow spiritually as well as, as a coach. And he was a great mentor. So, you know, we, Liberty was, you know, I think it was the beginning of our second year. First year we, he did a great job. Jesse had won the East Regional, I think it was, or the Southern Regional. Okay. A uh, number of different years. The first three years I was, he was there. We won it for two more years there. But our, the feather in our cap were two, two things. Um, the first was, the first year there, we had a horrible outing up in Binghamton, first term of the year. Okay. We just, you know, and my process was, this is a process, guys. It starts with the mindset, and then the physical part of that would come along. Right. And I was kind of that grinder, weird guy down kind of wrestler. So that's how we were mentality training. And then the following week, we had a real good, tough week of practice. Okay. The following week, we went to um, University of Penn and won a tournament. Won the tournament there. Wow. Yeah, it was it was amazing. What year was that? Uh, I want to say it was in the fall of 2009 so in the 2009 fall we won the uh the penn university of penn's tournament which was a you know had a lot of good teams in it so and then in 2010 the fall of 2010 we started the year out with a quad up at maryland okay and uh, we won our first duel i can't remember who that was against but our second duel meeting was uh west virginia yes and west virginia had um, lost to Maryland in the first round. Okay. And prior to wrestling Maryland, the week prior, I looked at their lineup and I looked at our lineup and I said to Coach, I think we can beat them. He's like, really? I go, yeah. Yeah. I go, I really think we can beat them. We've got a little bit more experience than they do. And I, I just think we match up well. Well, we lost a close match to West Virginia. Then we wrestled Maryland and lo and behold, we split with them 5-5 five, five in matches and one, one uh, because we had more bonus points. And one of the one of the greatest things was, was this, the finalist heavyweight match, Spencer Spencer Myers was a freshman. He ended up being a three-time All-American for Maryland at heavyweight. Okay. And our and our heavyweight by the name of Josh Peltier came from Maine. I told Josh before he went out there wrestling, I said, look it, this guy's a true freshman. You're in your fourth year. You're bigger, you're stronger. Just go out and wrestle. Right. And he sure enough 
did that and ended up beating Spencer, who later on that year became an All-American. Crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so, That's great coaching, yeah. my man. Great coaching. You know, it's it's an all-around process. Sure, of course. We were fortunate that Jesse, you know, did what he did. I did what I did, um, and we worked well together. You instilled belief in them in the process, and also in in your own confidence in them. It's a it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, we, we there was a lot of getting them to buy in and to believe in themselves because sure. you know they were like you know, okay, I was third in high school or. I was a one-time state champ from Maine, let's say. Right. Um, can I really compete at this level? The great thing about that was I talked about Joe Morsetti and I talked about Brian Piccolo, and, yeah. you know, what, who was from Michigan State, too. Brian was a Big Ten champ and two-time All-American, and he was a walk-down. He never even placed in the high school state tournament. Well, and here he is winning the Big Ten title. That That is an incredible story because that's really hard to do. But yeah. If you got the and right, Dave Dean owes, you know, that was a lot of Dave Dean. Yeah, he he he, he really took Brian under his wing. What a, and what a name, Brian Piccolo, right? One of the all-time yeah. great heroes, you know, of the Chicago Bears and and the NFL, with an amazing story, uh, back in the day, you know. Yeah, we, that wasn't lost. Trust me, we we talked about that all the time. Sure, you know, obviously you don't want to have it end up like. Our, our other Brian Piccolo, but uh, you know, but what a, what a story, what an inspiration, and yeah. So Tate Piccolo is the, the number one, or is the number one recruit in the country who just won who's number one. Okay, and uh, he signed with Oklahoma. Okay, so you know, and then I think Brian's uh, daughter too is a, a track star at Oklahoma. Wow. He had another son that just transferred from Cornell back to Oklahoma. Wow! So, so the Sooners have got the Piccolos. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's a police officer, police officer in Norman, so I think that kind of helped a little bit. That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely, that makes a yeah. lot of sense. Well, you know, it's an amazing thing, uh, you know, that what coaching can do and what can become of that in the next generation after a great coach really inspires that athlete and what they can do with it, not only in their family, as you just described with the Piccolo family. But also, if they become a coach or they become a businessman uh, or a business person or a businesswoman or, or, or a leader in any of their other chosen fields of civic responsibility, medical field, higher education, law enforcement, the military, whatever it is, and you have had some, some really nice success in the business world at America's back office, I want to talk a little bit about that and how you've transferred what you learned, not only in our great sport, but also as a coach and now are taking it to the business world. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so I was really fortunate. When Liberty ended up dropping their program, they took care of us and offered us a very nice severance package. Right. And uh, so I took that as, and I basically became a walk-on in the business world, the public sector coaching uh, or teaching. So um, I was a walk-on. You know, I had uh, resources from Liberty. Sure. Didn't know anything about the industry. My friend owned the company. And I said, look, I've got one year of, you don't have to pay me. Just teach me. And so, you know, he said, okay. And so I went through some training and just, you know, the first year was rough. Right. You know, you, you were trying to figure out, you're making these phone calls, you know, 200 phone calls a day and you're getting told no yep. probably 90% of the time. Right. And, you know, it, it becomes a wearing process. But then I related that to the grinding. 
of working out with Steve Frazier. Yeah, there you go. You know? Yep. I mean, yep. It, it was it, it was working out with Steve Frazier, especially when we wrestled for two hours straight. Sure. And so, so I just related that. I related that to, you know, my new endeavor. And it was a matter of, okay, I've been through this from a wrestling standpoint. How right. can I transfer this to this business world? And I want to talk about that, Joe. We're going to take a break. And after the break, we're going to come back and really talk about that because I've hired so many wrestlers and their work ethic, but more importantly, their creativity in having to figure out how to beat guys and their solution-oriented situations are great. So we'll come back to that right after this. Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. We'll be right back. This is Coach Cimarroni for Next Level Continuing Education. Next Level brings unique education to real estate professionals and real estate investors on how to get money effectively and efficiently into real estate investments. Next Level Continuing Education has ditched the traditional continuing education platform. Gone are the days of listening to boring content in a stuffy classroom setting. Come jump on a Zoom call whenever you find it comfortable and learn how to expand your real estate portfolio. Next Level CE brings unique content across Ohio and the Midwest to teach real estate investors how to become their own bank using the infinite banking concept to acquire more properties quickly. Call Ryan M. Miller, the CE Specialist, at 330-933-8231 or click on the link in our show notes. That's Ryan M. Miller, CE Specialist, 330-933-8231 or our show notes. The link is where you go. Thank you. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com. In the midst of our current health crisis, we at Blood Time want to thank Guy and Gus Seiko and the team at Defense Soap as a beacon of our protection. Body wipes, skin cleansers, bars of soap, shower gels, and disinfectant tablets. All this and more as Defense Soap is on the front line of our protection. Thanks to the Seiko family and their team at Defense Soap. Check them out for all your protection needs during these precarious times. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com And we're back. This is Coach Cimarroni with Joe Pantaleo. Joe, how are you, man? Good, Coach. Good. We were, we were talking uh, about uh, how you transferred that grind, that, uh, that incredible work ethic, but also that creativity from... The wrestling match, um, I mean Matt, and from coaching to the business world, expound a little bit about that and how did that click in? How did that oh aha moment occur? And then all of a sudden you started to become successful from from that grind. Yeah. So you know what I do at America's Back Office is human resources. I, I'm a sales professional for an HR outsource company, and we handle human resources for small to medium sized businesses. Sure. So, so when I first, like I said before, when I first got into this, I really didn't, not that I didn't understand it, but I didn't know the nuances. Like working out with Steve Fraser, it's a whole nother level. Yep. And so you had to problem solve on how to build that endurance. Yes. And and that's the way I looked at making phone calls. Okay. Because this was a grind that I went through over and over again with Steve Fraser. 
Right. And then from there, you just say, okay, what needs to be better? So when I came into college as a freshman, I had a great inside head single leg. Okay. Right? Clear single. Yep. But uh, that just didn't always work. So I had to develop a high crotch to the opposite side. Yep. And then a front headlock. Yep. Well, I had to transfer that into the business world. Okay. So I started developing new technique, you know, where I was weak. And so, you know, I was weak in the technical fields. So I went into developing the email marketing campaign. I did the cold calling, uh, which was the base. And then I went into email marketing. Okay. And then I kept adding skills just like I did in the wrestling room. Right. And because of that, I've now been able to have a pretty successful profession. It took me about three years right. of constant staying in there with that perseverance to, to develop that. You know, and like I like to say now, um, my company it was is the best keep secret kept secret in the HR industry. But it took me an under a while to communicate that and get that out to potential clients. Right. No, I get that a lot. I mean, when I started in the business world, I didn't know a P&L from uh, a P&E. <laughs> so, yeah, I, right. you know, and I, I, I forced myself to get good and I really know the P&L. I, I know my way around a P&L very well. And every line item that, that occurs in evaluation, EBITDA, all those wonderful things that you need to know in the business world. Uh, because I was a creative guy. I, I wanted to, 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 to create the great commercials or create the great uh, uh, article or create the great PR campaign as opposed to understand the, the nuances of business. But as a good coach, you have to know your people. You have to know your foundations of being an administrator as well as a PR agent, as well as an e economist, <laughs> as well as an accountant. You know, you need to know all those things. Peter, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, Part of what my business is, my business model, why I work for a company, I'm my own little entrepreneurship. Love it. And, you know, so I, you know, I, I even developed a little brand calling Joe the HR guy. Love it. And so I went from really knowing very little about what we do, what we did when I first came to ABO in 2011. Sure. Um, to understanding work count, payroll processing. Right. governmental compliance, yep. um, you know, everything that dealt with benefits, especially right. benefits administration. So I had to become an expert in all those areas. And once I became that expert, I, again, went and branded myself, yo, your HR guy. And that was right. kind of funny because where I got that from was, was a client. I'd go in and drop off payroll and talk to them and have a, a, an update report. And they would, as I was walking in, they go, oh, it's Joe, our HR guy. Yes, like, yes. Like well, you, you, for, you forged that, literally forged that. And I was introduced to you by Hesh Sagafi, who's literally forged himself into the premier mortgage guy, you know, in Northeast Ohio, if not Ohio, just through sheer determination, will, and work ethic, and just outworking people and saying, I'm going to be the best I can be in that industry. Yeah, you want to talk about coaching, and Hesh always says that, and, you know, Hesh is a great guy and right. uh, a great businessman, and he was a guy that, you know, was moderate to successful in college, but he was around John Smith, and he saw what that work ethic looked like, right. and that mentality looked like, and so, you know, he carries that on in his, in his business, and he does train his people to have that same mentality. Yes, he does. Yes, he so, does. you know... And that's, that's the development that, 
you know, I've developed there, along with Mike Amin, another one. And his wonderful sons, right? And his wonderful, incredible sons. Yeah, and, you know, again, Mike and I were roommates. Okay. But his sons have done a great job, you know, just like my nephew joined them up in Michigan. Yeah. But it was more about Mike's business um, acumen now. Yes. You know, he's an incredible businessman. Yes. Um, And we we bounce things off each other all the time. Him and I are like, uh, I would say mentors, but we, from a professional standpoint, we have in-depth conversations. It's kind of like, you know, when we were wrestlers at Michigan. Right. You know, after practice, we'd sit and talk, whether it was in the sauna or prior to practice or while we were drilling with each other. Hey, what's working? How, how, how are you doing this? What's right. working well for you? And it's important to have those um, individuals in your life when you do it, when you're working in the business world. Yeah, I mean, it was your, it's, it's your board of advisors. It's the mastermind. Yeah. You know, Dale Carnegie yeah. says it best, you know, the mastermind group, uh, six minds that are brilliant are better than one mind that's brilliant. And so, and yeah. you could bounce different ideas. Plus, you know, Mike may look at something a little differently than you do. Absolutely. You may look, you know, the same and vice versa. And then all of a sudden, oh, my God, that aha moment again, you know. And yeah. so maybe that's part of your blood time moment is that, you know, Mike, Mike Amin is part of, you know, a micro blood time moment, if you will. Yeah, he is. And, you know. Another one is for me is my wife. Uh, awesome. who actually, when you said Dale Carnegie, kind of, she she was she received the highest award that uh, you could get in the Dale Carnegie training program. Wow. And she does a great job of from a business standpoint and works well close with me. Okay. Uh, and is another source of being that fellow athlete, if you will, and bouncing conversations off of and ideas off of and sure and so i'm quite lucky and fortunate to have these kind of people in my life well let's let's get her name out there what's her name my wife is diana jewel pantelio well we we love diana jewel because she supports joe that's fantastic (laughs) and so So joe i love it i love it so joe tell us who was the most instrumental in your your young development uh as a coach or uh as a you know, as maybe a parent, uh, who, who was that blood time moment that said to Joe, Joe, you could do something greater than you're thinking you can do? Well, I, I think it goes from, it goes, it, it moves through different areas of my life. Okay. From a wrestling and family standpoint, it was my mom and dad and yep. then my brothers. And, you know, I came from a family much like Mike and me. I had eight brothers and sisters. Wow. Um, and Mike and me and I grew up a mile and a half from each other and actually wrestled each other. In high school. I'll be darned. Um, but um, so, you know, I had two older brothers that wrestled, um, and they were very influential in, in my life. Sure. Uh, but I had a great support uh, mechanism with my mom and dad. I, I would say those two were the, you know, along with my brothers, was the, was the uh, motivation or the ones that believed in me even right. before I did. Um, so and, and helped encourage me to reach those levels in high school. In college, you know, I got an opportunity to wrestle for Dale Barr at the University of Michigan. Right. It was really Joe Wells and Steve Frazier that on the day-to-day that I worked with that helped instilled in me um, the, the success model to be successful in, in college wrestling. Um, and so I was quite fortunate to have those individuals. I would say from a coaching college standpoint, yep. um, having Dan Gable watching, you know, excellence at work there yes. during – probably one of his 
you know, greatest teams. Yes. Uh, and understanding how to do that. And then, like I said, Jimmy Zaleski and understanding, hey, what it took for an, to be an assistant um, to have an outstanding program. Um, so I, I modeled myself after them. And then finally, it was Jesse Castro because it was more than about wrestling. It was about your uh, faith walk. Love it. You know, and, and Jesse was a great mentor along those lines for me. Mm-hmm. And now finally, it's my wife. Do you, do you remember any conversation, any words of wisdom that were said to you or words of love or words of transformation? that were said to you by someone that just made you think a little differently, a little bit more evolved thought? There, there was, you know, Steve Fraser was great at that. Okay. We would have, after practices, we had different, you know, we'd go sit in the sauna back when you could use a sauna. Yeah. And we, we just sit in there and, and recover from the day's practice. And Steve was always really good at building yourself up, building, you know, up. One other guy that I failed to mention was a guy by the name of Mark Johnson. Okay. Who was a two-time national runner-up okay. in Michigan to Chris Campbell and then uh, 1980 Olympian. When I was on the junior world team in 87, SBAR world team, he was the coach for that. Right. And I was coming in for a workout, a lifting workout, my shoulder was a little sore. Okay. And, and I said to him, I said, Mark, my shoulder's a little sore. I don't think I'm going to be able to lift today. Right. And he looked at me and he says, Joe, just do the, uh, the best you can. He goes, you know, just do what you can. Yeah. And it really hit me. And then, you know, we talked a lot about wrestling the Russians and yeah. he said, you know, don't, don't worry about it. Just go out and wrestle and get a pace in. Right. So in the finals of the world championships that year, I was wrestling the Russian in the finals and he was kicking my butt. Okay. It was four to one coming to the halftime with a one minute break. Yes. And Mark said to me as I'm sitting down in the chair and he's rubbing my arms, him and John as and Mark looked at me and he said, We've got them right where we want them. Oh my. And I'm losing <laughs> four to one. And I was like, Yeah, you're right, because he's gonna get tired this period. There you go. And sure enough, with eleven seconds left to go, I tied it up and then won in overtime. We got him right where we want him. I just love that. That is priceless. <laughs> and you know what? All of a sudden, it clicked in your head. You're going, you're right. I got this guy. And yeah. what what did you do? You took him. Yeah. yeah. And when sometimes, you know, you feel a little dejected because of, of course. you know, the sales and stuff like that. You're maybe not feeling it that day. Yep. You just sit there and you go, just do what you can today. Yes. Don't, don't give up on the workout. Just do what you can. Yes. And, you know, those things just kind of resonate in my ears and in my head constantly. Yeah, I always do mind games to myself. Even at 63 years old, Joe, I said, you know what? I remember how much I busted ass in my 30s and 40s and even 50s. Let me do it harder and more and, and incredibly as far as content and volume now in my 60s. And I made that determination yeah. that, and that commitment when I turned 60. I said, I'm going to work harder, smarter, faster, more content, be undeniable. And that's why this podcast exists. Because I turned 60, I said, I've got to bring this brilliant content, these brilliant people, these remarkable stories to the public at large, come what may. And, and, and this is what, I, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm loving from you, is you're doing the same thing. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it, as we get older, mm-hmm. we sit there and you say, what, what is my legacy now? Right. And, you know, this podcast is something along the lines, excuse me, the content is... Uh, very important and stuff like that, but it's a it's a greater legacy than even that, in my opinion. That right. you're leaving 
it's not too late to start something. Correct. Is is one of those things. Yep. You know, and then what you're doing for the sport of wrestling well, and thank the you. business world. Thank you. You know, yep. those are things that, uh, you know, see, people don't see, but right. yet are very important to what where we're moving uh, in the wrestling world and in business. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, maybe uh, maybe Jesse was a propon- pro- proponent of this, but I preach do good always. Not 99% of the time, always. If you are even thinking about doing something that's not great, that your mother looking over your shoulder wouldn't approve, don't do it. <laughs> Leave Absolutely. that money on the table, right? Well, like I said, too, you know, yeah. the other for me that is just do the best you can right now. Right. And sometimes right. that's more than a lot of people, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not. But yep. you're doing something and moving forward. I love it. I love it. Well, Joe, you've been very inspirational. I love your aura. It just comes through the, you know, the phone. I wish I could see you face to face. We're very appreciative that you have shared these moments with us, Joe. And it's been my pleasure. Yeah, and as and you know, it's my pleasure as well. And uh, I ask all my guests now during this time of uh, the pandemic to leave our audience with some words of courage and encouragement uh, to take with them as they move forward. Wow, that's, uh, you know, something by Joe Pantelio here. I would yes. say, you know, um, have faith. Okay. You, know, you, can't, you can't live life for yourself. And you have to live your life on a higher plane. Okay. And for me, that's my faith in God. Love it. And so you have to have something greater than yourself. Okay. Um, and that's the first thing I would say. And then the second thing I would say, I would echo Mark Johnson's words to me. Okay. Do as much as you can. Wow. And, you know, because that's always telling you you're doing something, even when you don't feel good about it. Right. You know, you're hurt, you're, you know, anything along those lines. Right. Just do as much as you can that day and then try to do a little bit more, more, you know, the next day. Sure. And, you know, that was what I would say. Have your faith and trust. You're not here on this earth, not here in what you do. Right. But in God, okay. and then do a little bit more than, or just do what you can that day, and then try to do more the next. I love that. Those are beautiful words, Joe. Uh, and I and I just love uh, what you stand for, and I love your story. Hey, HR Joe, keep bringing it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for thank you for doing this podcast and developing this, and then also thank you for. Uh, asking me to be part of it well we, we love we, we love your philosophy and we love your heart and uh we thank you for being on joe so uh stay stay in touch okay absolutely will do pete thanks you, a lot for having me on again you got it we'll be back to you soon and this is coach cimarroni for blood time love to all Hi, this is Maverick Peters for the Blood Time Podcast. Just want to thank Mr. Jim Griffiths over at Bearden's. Bearden's has been serving steak burgers since 1948. They are home of the original peanut butter burger. Everything is 100% fresh, never frozen beef. They serve hand-cut onion rings, and they are a local top 10 shakes winner. Thank you again to Jim Griffiths over at Bearden's. Check them out for more at Bearden's, B-E-A-R-D-E-N-S.com. Thank you. I want to leave you with this thought of the day. Walking through this world, luggage is not required. It is up to you. 
Hi, this is Mike Amin, and I want to give a shout-out to Blood Time Podcast. Check out more at www.maverickpodcasting.com. Happy New Year, everyone.